0: Thank you guys so much for that. Good morning. I am excited to be preaching this morning. Last time you saw me, I was kind of in a little nook out in the, in the, the entryway, the lobby, and, and so I think that I'm best at preaching when I have a chance to move around. I was kind of boxed in, and so I tried to be on my best behavior, but this, I feel free. And so thank you so much for joining us this morning. If you are here in the room with us or if you are watching online, Hey, thank you so much for being a part of this as we are in our New Testament reading plan. Hopefully you guys are are sticking with us. This is our 42nd week of the year, but also of our New Testament reading plan. And so as we continue reading through scripture, we've now gotten to the book of Hebrews and we see a lot of things taking place. And as I was reading through Hebrews this week, the thing that continued to stick out to me was in Hebrews chapter four, as we see the power of the word of God. I want to start with a story. First of all, my name is Casey Winsett. How rude of me to not introduce myself. If you're not familiar, I am the student pastor here at Guyier Springs. and so But th- this morning, as I think about hearing and listening, I can't help but think about a guy who was born in 1990. Now, for some of you, you remember exactly what was happening in your life in 1990. For some of you, you may not even have been born. But in 1990, there was a guy named Derek Coleman. And he was born, and at three years old, Derek Coleman became deaf. And so Derek, being deaf, had to learn how to do different things in his life. Derek had a love for sports, especially football, so much so that he had the opportunity to go to UCLA and play college football as a running back. It's a pretty incredible feat seeing how he was deaf. And the way that he would learn plays and things like that is he would read the lips of his quarterback, and so he knew exactly what was going on or read the lips of his coaches on the sidelines. After college, Derek went undrafted, but he got picked up by an NFL team. And in 2013, and you may be familiar with this, he, he, he ended up winning a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks in 2015. What an incredible story for a guy who most all of his life heard absolutely nothing. And as I think about that, and, and Duracell made a commercial talking about the batteries that, that were were in his hearing aids and that helped him do all that but at the very end of that commercial I remember what he said he said I heard what I wanted to hear and I think about us a lot of times what we do is we hear the things that we want to hear when it comes to the word of God when it comes to different things culturally when it comes to things that that people tell us we tend to hear what we want to hear and that could be a dangerous thing and as I think about listening to what we want to listen to and hearing what we want to hear, we have to also understand the reality of how we hear and interpret the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you, turn in them to Hebrews chapter 4. And so I don't usually do this. I, I like to read a lot. For, for me, it kind of fills up the sermon. The more scripture, the less preaching, right? I'm just kidding. But as I think about that, one verse, there is so much to unpack in this. And so this morning in Hebrews chapter Verse 12, look at how it starts. It says, For the Word of God is living and active. I just want to pause right there. For the Word of God, and I'm just going to stop before we continue this morning. We need to understand this that the first part of this verse, for the Word of God. See, the Word of God is just not some average book that we've been reading through half of it this year. We haven't spent 42 weeks this year just reading. Just some whatever book. The word of God written by the creator of the universe. The one who sent his son to come to the earth and die for all the terrible mistakes, all the junk that we have in our lives. What we need to hear this morning is this, and if you're at home and you like to write things down, pull out your pencil or pen or iPad or whatever. Write it on the walls. That's totally fine with me. Just don't blame me for that, all right? But the first thing is this, is that our Bible is a big deal. We have to understand that our Bible is a big deal. It's such a big deal that it is made up of 66 different books from 40 different authors over 1,600 years in 13 different countries. It comes from three different continents. Our Bible, the Word of God, is a big deal. See, that's the Word of God. It was by men, as we see in 2 Timothy three sixteen, that all Scripture, all Scripture was written by man, but it was breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. It's not just a book. It's not just something that we carry around. It's not just something when we go to the hotels, we pull open the drawer, and we're like, the Gideons have been here. The Bible, it's a big deal, and it needs to be a big deal in our lives. See, the Bible was written where it would not contradict. It wouldn't contradict history. It wouldn't contradict theology. Scientifically, it's not going to contradict. No man could write a book like this. Not on his own. And we see that because Scripture tells us that God breathed it out. This is the Word of God. It is a big deal. Such a big deal that in the first three centuries the Roman emperor sought to destroy the book. As I think about the word of God, people wanted to destroy this, and not only destroy it, but make sure that people did not have possession of it. Have you ever read a book that somebody wanted to destroy? Like like for me, in elementary school, that was often. I was like, well, if I don't have the book, I guess I can't read it. But as I think about that, how vile must a book have been, how offensive must a book have been for people to want to destroy it? But see, a man-made book ultimately can die. But a God-made book is going to live on forever. You can't destroy something that God did. For the Word of God, like this is our God's Word. This is a strong book. Centuries after the persecution of the Roman empires, the Roman Catholics take over, and what the Pope decides is to take away the Bibles from everyone, so they're, they're collecting the Word of God because they don't want people to have it. They took these Bibles, and they said if anyone is seen reading this book, or if anyone is seen in possession of this book, they would be persecuted, their Bibles would be taken away, and they may even face death. And then only the priests and the popes could read the books. And so what they would do is they took these, and then they wrote them in different languages that nobody could understand. They were going after the Word of God. And I think about if we just stop for a minute, why do people want to persecute the Word of God so strongly? I think it's because they know how powerful it is. Now we see the Reformation take place, and we don't have time to get into all of this, but the Christians get their Bibles back. The Word of God cannot be broken. The Word of God cannot be changed. It cannot be lost. The Word of God will stay with us. And I think this is important for us to understand because we live in a world, we live in a society where if you don't like something, you complain enough, and hopefully someone will change something. We live in a world where if we just ask enough of the right people, maybe something will go our way. We have this entitled mindset, and what we have to understand is when it comes to the Word of God, that does not change. And the Bible is one of the most offensive books ever published. Because people don't like to hear about persecution. And people don't like to hear about truth. And they don't like to hear about how God would do great things for terrible people. But I'm here to tell you this morning, this book right here, the Word of God, is a huge deal. The second thing that I want you to write down is this, is that no one can take away what God created. Like this book, the Bible, no one can take away what God created. When you read the Word, it says, for the Word of God. You need to understand that this is God's Word. This is not my Word. That This is not anybody that is on staff at Geier Springs' Word. This is the Word of God, and no one can take that away. See, the Word of God says that it will be persecuted. The Word of God says that people are going to ultimately come after that. Mark chapter 13, verse 31 says this, that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. See, Jesus says this, my words are not going to pass away, they will remain forever. forever." And I, I just think like the assurance in that, because stuff changes so often, but the word of God is always there. And sometimes I feel like this, I feel like we don't take the word of God serious enough. I think we read Scripture, and some of you may be be guilty of this right now for the past 42 weeks. You have been in the Word of God. You have been in the New Testament. Man, you you check it off. But what you realize is that you're reading the Word of God almost like a chapter book and not like something that is absolutely life-changing. It's a box for us to check. What we need to do is we need to be people who aren't just worried about finishing our reading or, or, or finishing the time with God, but we need to truly rest in what the Word of God says. You realize that this morning in this message, I've only talked about three or four words for the Word of God. Four words for the Word of God. And that's as far as we've gotten in one verse, in one chapter. But as we sit in this and as we think about this, it, it's this idea of just marinating The last time I was on this stage, I talked about food, and people are going to think that that's all I talk about. I talked about when I was at school and we ate the flank steaks and we, we thought we were awesome. Well, now my food illustration is this. If you do eat steaks, no matter what they are, they always taste better when you marinate them. Think about that. Food is always better with flavor. I'm not like, hey, I want some chicken, but just don't put anything on it. And I'm a pretty picky eater, I'm kind of like the bland. My wife always makes fun of me because my plate is brown. And she's like, hey, don't you want some green things? And I tell her I'm trying to quit and and all that. But I think about marinating things are so important to the flavor. And the longer that you let something marinate, the better that it tastes. The more that it absorbs the flavors. The more that when I then cook that food and then I eat that food, I'm like, man, that's some good stuff. The same is true with the Word of God. We need to marinate and just rest in the Word of God and just say, man, that right there is good. Instead of throwing the steak in the microwave and trying to get done with it as quick as we can, we just need to let the process happen where we soak in that. Let me say, this right here, this is good. This is good for my soul. I need a little bit of marination in my life. And here's the third thing that I want you to write down this morning is this, is that we need to pause in god's word life is crazy people are busy we run late for stuff we got to get kids off to school we've got to we've got to have a meeting that we go to and some of you have been at home and you haven't left your home but yet you're still just as busy as when you were running all over the place and it's hard for us to just stop and just pause but think about spending time in the word of god and just stopping in that just resting in the truth and the goodness of god's word. And as I think about Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, I think it's an incredible thing for us to look at we've stopped and realize how big of a deal god's word is. Sometimes we just need to pause and stay right there just like we did for the word of god. Sometimes we have to stop and god, I want to thank you for this word. Sometimes we have to stop and we just got to Google something like, what did that even mean? Like, what is this? I've read this word a thousand times and I just go along with it. Sometimes we just need to say, God, I don't only want to read about grace, but I want to be able to show that to people. Like, I want to know how I can live this out for the word of God is living and active. What do people say about Jesus when they look at you? See, the, the next part of that verse talks about the Word of God is living and active. And so, as I think about my life, what do my neighbors see in me? What does my family, what do my kids see in me? What does what, what my wife see in me at all times? So as we finish out the one verse that we're talking about today, verse 12, it says, For the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, of joints and of the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. We see how important the Word of God is. We see it's it's talking about and compared to a sword, and I don't know how many of you walk around wielding a sword. That's kind of old school, I know, and, and may get you in trouble. I don't want anybody to walk through Kroger this week with like their shield and their sheath and just like ready to go. If you do, I don't know the laws on that, but when you think about a sword, you better know how to use it if you're going to get into a sword fight. I was at Goodwill the other day, and it's one of my favorite places to go, and Taylor and I were walking around looking for some stuff, and we were walking by the counter, and if you're familiar with Goodwill, all the good stuff is behind the counter. That's like, ten dollars and beyond right and so this guy is checking out and I'm 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 waiting to check out and I've just got a shirt you know a boring purchase and that guy goes hey he's talking to the lady checking him out he said how much is that sword And I was like what and she's like this sword and she pulls it out and y'all like Paul Revere right she's just holding this thing up I'm like who donated a sword to goodwill it was gold it was beautiful and it was twelve ninety one. what a price right I was like if he don't buy it I'm gonna get that because I've got a sermon illustration sadly that guy's got it and it's probably hanging over his fireplace now but as I was thinking about that I'm like a sword is a crazy thing to have it's a dangerous thing to have if you don't know how to use it that guy could have cut his leg off in the parking lot I don't know We went separate ways, but I think about that. The Word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword, any gold 1291 sword that you could possibly buy at Goodwill. The Word of God is sharper than anything. It says that the Word of God will cut us, penetrating deep down into our hearts. We need to be people who are ready to go to war. But if you don't know how to use it, it can be a very dangerous thing. We need to be people who use the Word of God and then go on attack. Not attack on saying and belittling people and telling them how they're wrong and how the Word of God says this and that, but how can we go and wage war against things like sin? To start to use your sword right, you have to understand it. With our students, we are concluding this week a four-week series called Grave Diggers, and we're looking at this idea of things that we have to put to death in our lives. And ultimately, sin is one of those things that if we do not bury it, ultimately it's going to bury us. Scripture tells us that there is this war going on between the flesh and the spirit. And what we learned with our students is the thing that you feed the most is the thing that's going to grow. The thing that's going to win out. But I think, man, how effective would it be if I could go at sin with my sword and I could just attack that? And I say, this is the word of God, and this is how I'm going to rid myself. This is how I'm going to rid myself of the sin, and this is how I'm going to be sure to, to eradicate that in my life. So, as we look at things like that, I want to read one more verse for you this morning, and it's in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 13, says this, And we make straight the path for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put in joint, but rather be healed. See, sin loves to deceive us. Sin is the thing that, that tries to trick us. Sin is the thing that tells us what we want to hear. And if we're not aware of how strong the Word of God is, how big of a deal the Word of God is, how powerful the Word of God is, and we hear what we want to hear and not necessarily what we need to hear, that's when we can get into trouble. Because what sin does is it creeps in, and it gets rich, And what it does is just gets me to try and justify things. And when you read the Word of God, what it's going to do is it's going to penetrate your heart. And it's going to begin to unpack that sin that is in your life, that is in my life. But we have to get ready because that's what the Word of God can do for us. But it doesn't just stop there because Scripture says that it judges the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. For the believer, this truly hurts. Like, this hurts whenever that, that sword goes in there, the Word of God penetrates the heart, and we're just like, ah. Like, that right there is uncomfortable. And we see that when we open up the Word of God, the conviction starts. It's looking to see a person of faith. And so my question this morning is this, is how do we respond to this? How do we respond to the Word of God? Do, do we walk around with our sword ready to be just at a moment's notice on the battlefield? Are we people who just walk around like, I'm afraid to pull this out because I don't know what to do with it? And if you're that person, I want to encourage you, spend time in the Word of God. Spend time reading about God's Word. Spend time learning about what Scripture says. Spend time resting in that. Because, see, God's Word penetrates and it discerns that sin. And it gets into our hearts and it truly shows us who we really are. And so one final thing that, that I want to leave you with this morning as we conclude is, is this, and write this down, but I can mirror God's Word only after I hear God's Word. And you're like, oh, that rhymes, that was cute. <laughs> That's just kind of how I like to do it. But I think about that, I can't mirror something if I don't hear what the Word of God says. Hey, Casey, you should do this as according to Scripture, but if I'm not spending time in the Word of God, it's hard for me to imitate that, to mimic that, to, to, to reproduce that in my lives. And so as I conclude this morning, here's what I want to ask. When was the last time you truly were in the Word of God? Not just a reading plan. Those are great. Not just spending time like, hey, I'm, I'm on you version, and I did my verse of the day, and Man, I've got a streak going. I've been in it every day this year. And those are great things. But, like, when was the last time that you opened the Word of God? Phone was to the side. And you just, all distractions. Maybe you have to get up earlier than your kids. Right? Maybe you have to stay up later than your kids. But you just, like, me and God. And I'm working on sharpening my sword. I'm spending time in the Word of God. I know that it is powerful. I know that it is beneficial. And so my prayer for everyone this morning is this. Acknowledge how big of a deal the Word of God is. Whether you're in here in the room this morning or, or you are watching this at home, acknowledge how good God is, how powerful His Word is, and then how can you use this to make an impact not just in yourself, but how can other people see this as a reflection of what God is doing in your lives? And so join me as we pray this morning. Father God, thank you so much. For this morning. Lord, I'm encouraged as we read in your scripture this morning. To see how powerful your word is. And God, my hope is this. Is that we think about the privilege that we have. The opportunity that we have to open your word. And truly just get to know you. In an intimate way. God, I pray that we don't take that for granted. But I also pray that we understand the, the, the power and the magnitude of your word, and just how great it is, and just how beneficial it is in our lives, God. Lord, we are thankful for the work that you did in sending your son to die on the cross for us. God, we're grateful for the gospels, and Lord, we just want to give you all the praise, we ask these things in your holy name this morning. Amen.